my name is Lola Ciaro and welcome or welcome back to the Blue Hour podcast, recorded on the world's last cassette tape, sometime in the early hours, where reality doesn't feel like it exists. This is episode two. Tonight is our first ramble episode, where Alice and I have a really loose conversation about something in pop culture that we enjoy. Tonight, we decided to talk about Spanish Netflix. We discuss our favourite shows, mainly from Spain, and this leads into other discussions about hustle culture, the English education system, and the mentalities we want to take with us into the future. Before we get into the episode, I just want to say a quick sorry for our audio quality. We're going to work at getting better and having more equipment, time and space to record in the future. As you can hear, I live right next to a train track. (laughs) So with that being said, let's get into the episode. Hello guys. Hello. (laughs) Hi Alice. Hi Lola. (laughs) Um, It's 10.43. We're supposed to record at 10. (laughs) Yeah, 10.43pm, might I add. Yeah. Um, we're fully committed to the late night vibes. Um, I always like to make my tea at 9.59. Yeah, and I, I always drink my tea before <laughs> we start recording, so all is well. Nothing yeah, we, we, haven't, <laughs> we haven't changed in a week. <laughs> we had a couple of technical difficulties, but... but we're moving on. Um, right, let's get right into it. <laughs> yes. Um, What's your hot drink of the week? It, well, it's cold now because it took us 40 minutes to make this work. But yeah. it's um, just black tea. Like my soul. <laughs> um, yeah, no, mine's similar. I, I had English breakfast tea, but um, that's drunk. That's been drunk. She's over with. And now I just have like orange squash. I, you know, I always say she instead of it. <laughs> when I was listening to last episode, I like made Gender time. Feminine. Yeah, I made time feminine. I was like, she's taking forever or something like that. I was like, oh, now I understand why people find that weird when I do that. It's so weird. Yeah, I, I think it's some things naturally just are a she in my opinion. We've spoken about this before, but like something just are, like it makes sense in yeah. an that are just like issue. Yeah. None are coming to my mind right now, but that's okay, that's what we want. Uh, so like um, fitting for the episode, because we're talking about Spanish Netflix, mm-hmm. and obviously Spanish is a gendered language. Like I remember my Spanish teacher saying like, well, why are you saying that luck is feminine? And I was like, oh, okay. Oh. Being lucky is feminine, I guess. That's just something okay, that everyone okay. has to get used to. <laughs> We're getting ahead of ourselves. Let's do um let's do peek and pit and then we can get into the episode. Okay, but I just wanna say we need to step up our hot drinks game. Next week is Narnia. We need to have themed drinks. Oh I am coming for your throat next week. Okay. Sorry. Okay, just as long as we're on the same page. Okay. Yes. I want the mud mud game to be out there as well next week, please. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think I can do much about my mugs at the moment, but I've got some pretty ones. Okay, cool. 
comics all right in the mental. okay let's do peek and pit <laughs> yes um very okay you go first um, what's your pit of the week listeners you're gonna get real bored of my pits because i'm back this week to um complain about the food i consumed this week um it wasn't nice there wasn't there was never a high <gasps> no there wasn't there was no high i almost ordered starbucks this week and then i didn't so no high um food's been real bland lots of chicken not nice um yeah you want to do your pit yeah, so last week my peak was that I was getting in the Christmas spirit, okay? And I mentioned that I put up some lights. I haven't gotten much further with this. I need to go into the loft. I need to get my lights. But I was having just one of those days and I was sitting there just like, I think I need like cake and just Netflix. And, I put, and the only lights I had on were my Christmas lights. And they just like, in that moment when I was down in the dumps, they just like cut out. I was just sitting in the dark <laughs> and they're just gone they're dead so <laughs> last week's peak is my pit for this week but that's okay <laughs> more lights coming soon I have a really similar story for you I was but it's just a bit more of an issue um my Christmassy mood is fine I'm not really in the spirit to be honest but I was with a client and all the lights went out <laughs> while I was giving her a facial. All the lights went out. <laughs> and I was just like, and I um, don't, it's a new building. Like, I don't really know where things are, like electrical things. And I was just like, oh, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, peak. This is a um, therapy, like. <laughs> We need to be a little bit more happy. Um, for some context, it gets dark here at four o'clock now. It's really cold. Yesterday or the day before, I don't even know. It rained from the minute I woke up to the minute I went to sleep. Uh, yeah, I don't have a beat. <laughs> no, I'm really excited for this podcast, actually. I'm really excited about this conversation. That's my beat. <laughs> also, what is this look you're doing today? <laughs> you look like um, you look like Debbie Ryan, Ella, like 2012. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I'm breaking down. So I've calmed down a little bit. Sorry, guys, for that. My peak of the week is that I'm, get, I'm looking back at my year and this hasn't been the 
<laughs> Alice has a very worried expression on her face. But don't worry, it's, it is a peak, it's a peak. Obviously, this hasn't been the year that anybody has anticipated. But I was um, on Instagram, on the Blue Hour podcast Instagram, and I saw a little graphic that was like, what I thought would make me productive. And it's just a circle and it says hard work. And then what actually does make me productive and the circle split up into like hard work, time off, exercise, healthy eating, sleep. And that's just been one of the biggest things that I've learned this year that like <laughs> the harder you throw a boomerang, the harder it's going to come back and hit you in the face. Do you know what I mean? So like just take time to do everything that you love. With the <laughs> oh thank you thank you <laughs> but if you just take time to do everything that you love you'll be happy and you'll reach your goals maybe not at the same time but you know this year I made my first short film I've written like over 20 articles we've got this slightly hot mess of a podcast going <laughs> I, I'm just like so happy with what I've done and I've done more than the previous years where I just tried all the time to be at my optimum performance. So that's my peak. Um, learned a bit about myself this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> there are two things we want to talk about in this episode. Um, first of all, we want to like dive into some of our favorite shows and who they're for and maybe you'll get something out of this and you have a new show to binge um talking tv and movies is one of our favorite things to do so it's a good place to start and also we want to talk about the kind of stark differences between um hollywood and tv shows that are american or even british versus the spanish tv shows over the last couple of years where we've really become obsessed with them we've noticed some like really incredible differences and in a lot of way a lot of ways how they just they just have the right idea you know um so we want to talk about some of the intricacies and yes let's get started so right so lola should we do should we start off by doing top three um shows let's stick to shows and not movies this episode okay yeah yeah you go. I have to say, you guys, I'm so much less prepared than Alice this time. Um, I don't even know what we're talking about in the others. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's so hard to do a top three because there's a new one I've just started that I really... Cutthroat. You Cut have throat. three. You have to erase the rest from memory. What three are you keeping? Oh, wow. Okay. So that doesn't I've... mean... Sorry. So that doesn't mean what's best, what's critically acclaimed, what should be winning all the awards. That is what three are you keeping in your memory? Everything else has to go. Okay. Okay. Money Heist has to stay. That was formative. And I watched it as an adult. <laughs> um, okay. So one that Alice actually hasn't seen, uh, The Queen of Flow. It's a Colombian telenovela that has to stay for completely different reasons to Money Heist, but I guess we'll get into that later. Yes, we will. And I'm going to surprise you, but it's a new one. It, it's not as established. We don't even know if we'll, it'll get a season two, but The Barrier. The Barrier stays as well because I've really been into that one uh, That's recently. Controversial. That's really controversial. Really controversial, yeah. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> so, my top three 
Was yours in order? Like one, two, three? Yeah, I think so. Unconsciously, but I think so. You don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I'm in no particular order. Money Heist, La Casa de Papel, um, Velvet, Galleria's Velvet, and Cable Girls. Las Chicas de Cable. <laughs> oh, okay, so not, neither of us put Elite on that list. Right? <laughs> that is so hard. We'll talk about Elite, but you no, know, it's not on my list if I have to cut one. Yeah, if I have to cut one too, it's not on my list. Okay. Do you want to get into really quickly the why? Yeah, okay. Um, like, brief summary and then we'll get into each of the shows. Okay, great. So, I guess firstly I'll start with The Queen of Flow, or mm-hmm. Lorena Del Flow. It's um, the most telenovela-esque of the ones on the list. It's got about... 80, 90 episodes just straight and obviously a lot of that has to be filler because there's just so much happening but I love the ambition of it. It's set in Colombia in Medellin specifically. I love the music, it's all about reggaeton singers and the songs are just studio level quality. I would listen to that any any day of the week. Um, The actors were amazing and I think I remember telling Alice this, but you know when you watch a TV show and the trope is that someone's not going to do something, but you want all of your heart for them to do that. It really sort of subverted the genre. And when I thought characters were gonna let things fly over their heads, they were like, no, no, no. And really just took the time. It was like 90 episodes and I have the attention span of like a goldfish. Oh <laughs> I can't watch anything more than 10 episodes. Um, but I got there. It took me from January to September, but I got there in the end. I didn't feel like a single second of my time was wasted. So, Lorena Del Flo, if you like a good, a good telenovela. Okay, nice. I might watch that one. I need something a bit like backgroundy. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the next? Okay, the barrier. Um, <laughs> the barrier is set in a future dystopian Madrid. Um where a virus has taken hold and uh, there's no vaccine and as a result there's sort of a barrier or sort of a wall um, protecting the rich and keeping the poor in poverty um, and also trying to keep the virus away from the rich. Um, It's only one season, we don't know if it'll get a season two but I loved it. One of the things I loved most about it which I guess we'll get into later but it gave the older characters room to breathe. I know in English speaking TV, <laughs> like if a woman's not 30 or under, or doesn't look 30 or under, like why is she there? Is really just sort of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the the environment that, that has been established. Yeah. Um, the coolest, most sort of go-getter character in the barrier is a grandma and I just love seeing older characters in general being given a range and being given like space to breathe and be good characters um also yeah no just I really enjoyed it I wouldn't want to I I just finished it yesterday literally yesterday the last episode came out but so that might make me biased but I don't want to erase that from my memory (laughs) so la, uh, la baia the barrier Nice. That one, that's impressive that you just watched it as well. 
minor or like older ones. So let me start with let me start with Cable Girls, so we mm. can talk quickly about that. Was how we both started watching Spanish shows. Um, I'm going to start with Cable Girls because that's the show that you and I um, both started watching. It was our first Spanish show. Yours too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, Lola told me to watch the show, and I kind of put it off for ages. Cable Girl. It's called Cable Girls. I don't know. It didn't sound super appealing. So I started that show, and oh my goodness i think that is the best season one of tv i've ever seen wow next to my, next to prison break which you know has a place in my soul but seriously the most incredible season one like every shot is beautiful our staircase scene there's a staircase scene guys it is phenomenal um yes and let's be real the love triangle <laughs> so this is the best love triangle I've ever seen <laughs> every shot is gorgeous the characters are so so thought out and it's just all stylized but amazing the last scene of the last episode of season one is one of those like the most incredible cliffhanger I've ever seen it is so like thrilling the whole the whole season and it's not like guns blazing it's not your traditional show that you would think is like thrilling but it is incredible and so smart and so well written and that was the first show i was like i need more as soon as that show was over i was saying to lola like i'm just stuck with those characters i don't know i mean when that season one was over sorry and we're waiting for season two i was just stuck with them and i was like "I, i need more i need more if we don't convince you guys to watch these shows, I think we're convincing ourselves to rewatch them. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Cable Girls really nearly made my list. If it wasn't for the fact it finished, and I, I, I don't know how I feel about where the show went, but where the show began is something just amazing. I, um, it's about women that work in the Telefonica building in Madrid, which sort of pioneered. Um, modern day sort of telephoning <laughs> i sound so dumb right now um sorry guys cable <laughs> girls so there was a women that connected your call through yeah you had to call up the the building and then say i want to talk to this person and they're like okay and they connect you and um it's sort of in madrid that this whole idea of us connecting straight to someone became a reality so it's sort of it's set in the 20s 30s 40s 50s um super interesting and such a good portrayal of motherhood and women maintaining their identity as mothers as well so yeah i i I love that you have that on your list and what was your other one that we didn't agree on um velvet I do want to come back to Cable Girls and where we feel, how we feel about it now. It just will always stay in the top three for me because it was my first kind of one. Um, we'll get back to that. Stay tuned. <laughs> my second one is Velvet, which I'm pretty sure Lola is so sick of me talking about by now. Um, it's actually my only show that of the Spanish shows that I watched first before Lola. Usually she can find one and recommend, um, but I watched this one and oh my goodness, guys. I was watching at the beginning thinking, 
you know, this isn't a very good show, but it's nice in the background. And it has made my top three, and I don't think will ever leave my top three. It is so different from the other shows on my list, Cable Girls, Money Heist. Um, but it, I don't know how to explain that show. I read an article once about it, and they explained it in such a wonderful way, like saying that I think technically the show is... Yeah, so Velvet was created by the same creators as Cable Girls, which is what originally attracted me to the show. And, oh my God, it, I've watched that show now three times the whole way through. It's, um, it's set in Madrid again, set in, I don't know, but it's set. <laughs> it, it, I think it's, um, it's 50s. I think it's the 50s. Okay. Right, it was set in the 50s. Um, it's about this fashion mogul, essentially, who um, has this closed store, high end, and he passes away. It's left to his, um, it's left to his like trust fund kid. And he, it's about, it's essentially a love story between him and one of the seamstresses. And that's essentially what the entire show is. But I watched every single episode with my eyes peeled. Um, it's so different to Money Heist and Cable Girls and all of those other shows that we like so much. There's nothing so thrilling about it, but the characters are so rootable or hateable. And you just, you just keep watching. They're just um, so endearing. And it's one of those shows that you just kind of fall in love with. You fall in love with how um, picturesque everything looks. Like it looks like a set. It's the most fake looking show I've ever seen, but there's something like wonderful about it. It's like this whole other little universe. And I, that show, it's not well written. It's not anything crazy like critically acclaimed but is warm and just wonderful to watch <laughs> i've not finished velvet um, and i don't have the same sort of passion for it as alice does purely because um like i was saying earlier i find it very hard long form tv i find it really really hard to get through but I completely agree with your points about it feeling like it's from another world it's just a perfect escapism yeah. in my opinion um, and I'm, yeah I'm glad it made your list again okay so for last we've got <laughs> the one that's on both of our number ones mm. the one that's probably on many people's number one in the list <laughs> La Casa de Papel mm. Alice should you take it away or should I take it away? I'll take it away. <laughs> you go for it. <laughs> to give you an idea, we're not we're not blowing the lid on some secret show. It's Netflix's most popular non-English um, original show. Um, the creator, Alex Pina, um, originally intended it to be a limited series. He was really kind of steadfast about, I don't want to dilute it. You know, that issue that so many shows have specifically American TV shows, season three, the graveyard season. Yeah. Um, he was really set against doing that. They, um, they had an original run on a Spanish network called Antenna 3 and Netflix acquired the streaming rights, I think in 2017 and released it worldwide and it was history. It has become like 
just a known thing in pop culture was which is incredible for something that's non-english originally um now do you want to talk a bit about personally why it's so wonderful i actually i just want to add um antenna three antenna three gave us money heist it gave us the barrier it gave us velvet it gave us el internado which isn't on uk netflix but it's iconic and Tenor 3 is serving. They're giving us everything that's good in this world. Bamboo right? Productions, I thank you. <laughs> I would like to work for you. Right? Like, gosh. Okay. Um, I finished watching, I think it was season one of Cable Girls. I sent it to Alice and I was like, hey, you know, I'm kind of, maybe I'm onto something with the Spanish Netflix. This was maybe five years ago. So I like go on Netflix and I type in Spanish and like something comes up called Money Heist and there's like no, this is when Netflix had reviews, there's no reviews, there's no ratings, there's no nothing. I was like, okay. I watched season one and two in two days. I, I took voluntary, not voluntary, um, I took time off of uni. <laughs> I just, I didn't go to any classes, I didn't go to any lectures, I didn't write anything for my degree. I just sat there and I watched seasons one and two back to back <laughs> the original two seasons of of money heist no no phenomenal that's something i haven't seen since prison break phenomenal and it was just gonna go under the radar on netflix blasphemy is- <laughs> oh my god is- yes so i just an anecdote about how you when you were watching it so i'm gonna cut to season three so we're die hard at this point we're waiting with bated breath we're checking everyone's instagrams we want it we want and also the rest of the world's caught on the rest of the world's waiting right oh it's a phenomenon it's everywhere everyone knows about it wherever you go so i'm in the netherlands at this point i'm at a wedding and lola is doing me the disservice of texting me while i'm at this wedding and can't watch the season three premiere okay okay you just oh brought my up god. oh my god oh my <laughs> you just brought back such a memory and i was working in a bubble tea store and i took the day off work to watch it but my laptop charger broke and it wasn't going to get there for another week and so I watched it on my cracked iPhone until I went to someone's office and I lied and said that I needed their laptop charger for my job. And then that didn't work out. And I watched the entire season on my cracked iPhone 4, iPhone 4. We really are soul sisters because my phone has a history of falling <laughs> and breaking. <laughs> I go through many a phone. But this phone was fine. I was, so again, I'm at this wedding, Lola's messaging, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I am near sweating. I just want to leave this wedding. I hope they have a long, joyous life. I would like to find out what happens. Um, Anyway, the next day, we're at a hotel. Again, I'm not at home. I'm in a different country. So we're at the hotel. I don't have a laptop with me. There's no TV that I can watch it on. So I'm watching it on my phone, my perfectly fine phone, by the way, I get one episode in because the next day we're going to a different part of the city, whatever, long story short, I get to watch one episode on my tiny little phone. Anyway, it was joyful and wonderful and chaotic. And Lola was like a bit stressed out about this chaos of season three. I was loving it. So we had kind of different experiences. 
um, anyway, the next day we're in a different space, a little um, cottage. There's a TV in my room. We get, everyone goes to bed, everything around 11 o'clock. I, I watched that whole thing that night. I think, I think I had like one or two episodes left, but it was five o'clock in the morning and my eyes were like peeled open. It was so good. So, so good. Um, I had two episodes left and that day my phone cracked <laughs> so i had a twin phone to yours and i watched the like finale that like incredible episode on my cracked iphone watching anything especially something that good on a tiny phone is so frustrating we have to be together for season five even if we can't watch it until like a week after it comes out and we need to like put up the projector get the lights out get the speakers out yes we we deserve that much okay we haven't even got into like why this is the top one of both of us yeah while we're on this topic though we should just talk about how we watched season four because season four came out during the dreaded days of quarantine and it did right why are you looking at me like that I don't know when season four came out. I'm not even going to (laughs) lie. You could have told me it was 2017 and I would have been like, yeah, okay. Bro, we watched it like as if we we did like Netflix party. Yeah. It's because this year has lasted 52 years. If I haven't made it clear yet, I actually do have the memory of a goldfish. So (laughs) Alice is my memory. And yeah, that's it. Anywho, um, it came out this year. We obviously couldn't be together, um, but we watched that whole thing with snacks, all the stuff. It was just virtual, and that that was a really like good experience. It was stressful as hell, but it was really good. Um, but ne- this 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 season we have to watch together because might be the last one. Yeah, it's definitely the last one. Okay, definitely then. <laughs> <laughs> Right, you tell me why it's your favourite, because I think our reasons are really different. I can't say I remember exactly what drew me to Money Heist initially, but I love flawed characters. I think we live in a day and age where something someone said on the internet 10 years ago could come back and, you know, bite them. (laughs) And I think sometimes we forget just how flawed we all are even if that because it's we're not being publicly flawed we forget that this is just part of human nature and to see these characters completely mess up and try again and mess up and try again or even be trusted or given the benefit of the doubt when people know that all they do is mess up was so refreshing especially from the women characters tokyo nairobi Monica or Stockholm which terrible joke Um, (laughs) uh, from the inspector just to see these women just be so multifaceted and not in a telling you you know not in a like we're women and we can do anything like no they're just being themselves they're just being themselves and we get to figure out what they are three-dimensional people yeah actual human beings yeah well done I think it comes from sort of this 
aspects of treating women like writing women as if they were men and then just changing the names uh, which doesn't always work out obviously because we have very specific problems in society but I digress the other thing that I loved was this sort of anti-establishment tinge that the show had this yeah, is probably yeah, the biggest yeah. difference between me and Alice is that I'm quite political in the sense that I don't I obviously <laughs> I was about to say, like, we live in a society. That's a meme, right? <laughs> Someone's like 50, and they're like, we live in a society. But anyways, we live in a society where it's very hard to be anti the things that keep this society together. And, but, but yet it means so much to me that, like, we're able to have the choice and we're able to say, actually, hang on, this thing isn't working out for me. Um, and just to see how much the show has connected to people that want revolution, that want change, want new governments, want new policies, just want freedom. Um, how a TV show has ignited that sort of passion in people is just so heartwarming. Um, it also just gives me sort of this is so cheesy but if we're not going to say it on a film podcast where can we say it it kind of gives me strength to be like okay i'm not perfect but i'm just going to keep going like if i watch an episode of money highs and i see these people trying their best i'm like okay i'm gonna try my best i'm gonna try and do this and the last thing is um not part of the show itself but how it's being made um has really changed my perspective on my role as someone who wants to be in the film industry um but i think by the way of the show yeah i think if i'll um i'll just like end this and i'll let alice say her stuff and then we can come back to that but um yeah no if there's a tv show out there if there's a film out there there's a book out there that makes you feel happy to get up in the morning don't let anybody tell you that it's not a bad thing to do because life is hard right so yeah just yeah Go money heist. We love you. <laughs> I I love well basically what you just said. Your last point is my main point of um I just love the way that that show is made. I think it's genius. I think it's so clever and uh, every time I watch an episode a season I'm like blo- I know this sounds so pretentious but I'm just like blown away by them. Um and the thought that goes into that and their process of filmmaking. Um, Alex Pena and the director, Jesus um, Colmenar, made Vis a Vis Locked Up, which Lola loves that show. Yeah, it's and pretty dark. <laughs> so I, it, it wouldn't make my list. It's very, very dark, but go on, sorry. I, I never got into it properly, but I watched a little bit. They left um, this other agency called Glo- Global Media. And then they set up their own production company um, called Vancouver Media in 2016. And this was their first project. Project, And they were kind of deciding like what they wanted to do. This style of show, um, like bank robbery or whatever you want to call it, it, was, it hadn't, had never been made in television then in Spain. So this was their first kind of project. And it's just astounding that like they, they really set a president for this type of show and this type of beast and what it's turned into because of Netflix um, and what it like always had the potential to turn into my that's that's my main thing that when I watch that show I'm just blown away by my second thing similar to what you said 
um, is characters, they're so almost caricature, like you just talked about how honest and like flawed and human they are, which is so true. And then at the same time, they are, at the exact same time, they are so caricature, like, like animated, larger than life, almost like theater acting. And I just think the balance of that is incredible. And I just, I love it. I love watching it. I love talking about it. <laughs> and, you know, when these actors signed on to this project, there was absolutely no guarantee that this would be, that <laughs> not even that it would become what it is now, but that it would get a second season, that people would be interested. It was just sort of this project that was like, okay, we'll try and make it the best that we can. And just the performances are just something a director or writer can only dream of, of people putting their faith into these characters so much with absolutely no guarantee that they'll no get problem. anything out of yeah. that. Amazing. The cast deserves so much credit, so much. Yeah. I just want to say, when you were talking about how amazing the characters are, I just want to quickly bring up the character Berlin. I knew <laughs> that I I respect the decision to put a character like that in the show because I think it was important for what they're talking about I'm not entirely on board with them bringing the character back to please fans because morally he's not an amazing character and I just feel like they're bringing it back because the fans like him and it's like it's kind of like Joe and you it's like how bad does someone have to be before you're like actually or actual Ted Bundy which is a bigger issue that we have (laughs) (laughs) it's like you can appreciate the character but why are you like standing and shipping this terrible character I can't do it but whatever I just wanted to put that in there not even Ted Bundy played by the very aesthetically no, I know, like people that love serial killers. Dead Bundy. <laughs> actual Ted Bundy, yeah, no, I, I'm on the same page as you. Yeah, but having said that, I, the first season, honestly, every time Berlin came on the screen, my skin would crawl. He was just vile, so well written, so well acted, but a vile, vile, vile human being. Yeah. Um, but in this, com- it's a very male sort of world, this bank robbery world. And yeah. so if all these sort of sem- semi-characterist characters having just the epitome of toxic masculinity was just so needed. Yeah. Um, I'm not trying to say that's not what it, not what was doing, what not worth doing. Um, you know, Martin Scorsese's entire career is on showing toxic masculinity in some ways. And it's so necessary because, you know, we need to see that. I'm just saying, do we really want to be standing these characters? Do we? Yeah. <laughs> like, we love to hate, not just love, you know, not just ignore. Very problematic. Um, I, him in season three was extremely unnecessary, but I enjoy his acting and like ha- how he literally delivers a shiver down your spine so much that I'm okay with it. But yeah. Um, do we have anything else to say about Money Heist? No. No. Alba Flores called me, maybe, but apart from that. I just um okay, no. We can talk we can go into depth about certain scenes if we ever do like 
if we ever break down an episode, like we can tell you guys to watch the episode, then we break it down. But I can't talk about specific scenes when we're recommending the whole show. Um, so I'll move on. I want to do some honourable mentions. <laughs> oh God. Go 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 for I think, it. I think this is we we watch so many, by the way, um, and a lot of them have fallen through the cracks for me. But elite honourable mention because that show. I think even though it wasn't on my top three, that is the show that I like watched quickest. Because it was so you just every time you get to the end of the episode, you're like, oh my god, no, what happens? What happens? Um, yeah, yeah, oh, such a good show. And had three of the money highest actors, which is why I watched it originally. <laughs> this is a conversation we can get into about how <laughs> Spanish creators really just find like four ca- actors they want to work with and just. Yeah. It's like the rule of six. Like, I could start at one show and just connect them by actors and get to a show made in, like, Peru. Like, it's literally, it's insane. Yeah, I have in my notes that once you've watched two Spanish shows, you'll never watch a Spanish show and not know at least two people in it. From so, so, so true. So true. <laughs> and um, I don't know what it is, sorry, I don't know what it is about that. It makes me feel, like, warm. I love that they find people that they enjoy their work or their acting and they just keep hiring them, you know? Yeah, also so multifaceted that I never look at one performance and think, ooh, I, I see a bit of that other performance in there. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Elite would be my own mentioned as well. Uh, that first season was so fun. I think it's like, it was a testament to how you can give away the reveal and still have the reveal be amazing and something people want to watch because the whole premise of the first uh, season is uh, a whodunit, who killed someone. And I think episode one, you get the biggest sort of clue of like, okay, this person did it. And then you just carry on, we keep going. And it's like, okay, but why did they do it? How did they do it? What led to this? That doesn't make any sense. And you just kept going, just not to like bring I guess part of this whole podcast episode is to compare to sort of American shows, but say Gossip Girl, how they literally changed Gossip Girl because people guessed it. It's like people being smart enough to guess something isn't a bad thing. It's you being smart enough to keep them interested that makes you a good writer in some ways. So now that, brought, mention. Mm. now that you brought that up, let me hate on Gossip Girl for a second real quick. Um... <laughs> And that's coming from someone I loved that show. I watched it a lot um, again and again. But that is one of those shows where you rewatch it like a couple of years later and you're like, what the hell? <laughs> so many parts of it. And I, and I, there's this, this stupid reboot, reboot coming out with like all new actors. I'm going to watch it. So, <laughs> you know, that's who I am. But, um, it's just like they it doesn't make sense there are so many loopholes and if you're gonna have a show that is entirely based on basically like a who is it who done it like you said then like maybe maybe iron out some of those you know like inconsistencies uh gossip girl was too long for me i'm sorry guys but i I do agree with that i also spoiled for her like in season three who it was (laughs) Yeah, we mentioned that last week, didn't oh, we? Yeah. That's quite funny. Um, okay, so yeah, Elite's my honorable mention. 
uh, so is Cable Girls for the nostalgia and so is Velvet. Uh, I've not finished it but I do, I do really like it. Um, if what, if you'll allow me, Alice, our host, um, I wanted to talk about me being in Madrid quickly mm-hmm. as sort of a segue into the culture part. Is that? Yes, of course, go. Um, I actually have an article called 12 Hours in Madrid. Um, maybe I'll link it or something. Yes, please. I just, I really had to get that experience just down in writing just because um, I want to work in the film industry, uh, either as like a writer or a filmmaker and Alice um, also um, would like to have like some like, not a little role, but like a role on the side of like her other impressive business. <laughs> yeah, the net, the Netflix thing and that whole world is my like, you know, like your little kid dream for me right now. Yeah, yeah. And it's my, like, dream dream. Yeah. Um, so I was going to Madrid without Alice, but it's so sad. But it's okay. We're going to be there next year. <laughs> um, and I remember thinking, like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if I saw, like, a film set or something? And literally walking from the train station, a Tosha train station, to my hostel, I bump into my first fully fledged film set. They were simulating rain. It was um, a period piece. All I could see, they had like the vintage cars. Like they were making it rain on just one street. And I was like, what? <laughs> it was so cool. And the atmosphere was so chill that I could literally go straight up to the barrier. No security, <laughs> nothing. Um, the lighting, this, oh, oh my gosh. It was like seeing the cinematography from a film, but with your own eyes in real, in real life. It was amazing. Um, I was only there for two days. I saw four different film sets um, and half the cast of Elite, <laughs> which is like a whole different story. But just, I, at that point, I'd basically seen all the shows from Spain that I loved and just the atmosphere there was amazing. Alice and I are born and bred in London. Well, from the outskirts of London, we can get to the centre in like 20 minutes if we're not being lazy. <laughs> um, and it's there's such an established atmosphere here of just like, this is how things go, this is how things are. And I just wasn't seeing that there. I could walk up to a fully fledged film set. There were people being creative. There were people, I don't know, it just had this hot mixture of the old and the new. It felt like this was a place where it was very accessible to be part of the industry. Very accessible to, I don't know, just say go. Like it had this real feeling of, I guess, not children or maybe people just starting out with like their cameras just trying to get the best shots it just this mixture of the old and the new of this creative world set against this backdrop of this established world it was really amazing and it had the most beautiful atmosphere not to i know that there's struggles all over the world and i don't want to idealize an entire city but compared to london where there's just so many rules and regulations and glass ceilings and hoops to jump and it, it just felt so different and so interesting it made me want to be part of like sort of a city on the rise I guess you could call it 
Um, and what, yeah, what do you think about that? When I think about Madrid now, and I haven't been yet, 2021, September, we're going to be talking about it consistently. So we'll let you know if we get that COVID, please. Um, yeah, so when I think about Madrid, it just, there's like the hustle of New York, the hustle of London, all that stuff. Madrid just feels peaceful, but still like new, fresh, like younger people do it, being creative, doing, you know, all these like incredible things that are more creative, like on the art side and stuff, but peaceful and just a slower pace, but in a nice way, you know? Yeah, just to like add to that, um, I think two weeks ago I was offered, someone offered to get me sort of into the the bottom tier of the film industry to sort of be a runner and work my way up, make the connections here in London. And I don't think I actually told you this yet, Alice, but they turned them down. Um, <laughs> I face is like, what? <laughs> um, basically, I saw a different way of life. I saw a way, I think I talked about this in my peak, I saw a way where I could be happy and not be working myself into the ground to prove something to people. And I could still be creative. I might not be the world's best, like most well-known writer, screenwriter or film writer or whatever, but yeah. there's a place where I could make a living off of that. Um, and to be happy and you know have other things that I want and I just for the first time in my life I was like you know what this is a really good opportunity but I felt like I knew myself in that moment and I was like no I'm not saying I'm moving to Madrid you guys maybe <laughs> no I'm not saying I'm moving there I'm saying that um just the experience of traveling or even just traveling digitally through Netflix not just on Spain Netflix but Mexico Colombia mm-hmm outside of the spanish-speaking world um i can't give you too many examples there brazil <laughs> um just seeing this place where people are actually being successful in this industry and I don't, they can like hang out with their friends and they're not like stressed and waking up at 4am every single day of the i was just like no 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 i don't think i can do anything in this industry here in london so yeah madrid really opened my eyes in that way and spanish-speaking netflix go on this is a nice little tangent to go off of really quick. We'll come back to our original point, but I hate hustler. Like, what is that? What is it called? Like hustle hustler. culture. Hustle culture. I hate hustle culture. I used to be obsessed with it and like trying to kind of work towards that, emulate that, pretend I was already doing that. It makes you, or me personally, it makes you so anxious and like, instead of doing anything you're wasting three hours your brain going like 20,000 miles a minute instead of actually doing anything productive and there's no joy in that like seriously I hate hustle culture because it just it's it's creating like like joy deprived people do you know what I mean like people working so hard but there's no like living or being a kid or being young like are in our generation, we're both 21, uh, 21, <laughs> in our generation, all you have is people like worried that they've not, they're not going quick enough, they're not doing enough, they're not, they're like failing. We have literally, I've said a hundred times, like I feel like I'm not doing anything with my life. I'm 21, you know, like 
it's horrible and I'm trying to work myself out of it because I just don't think it's a nice way to live because then at what point are you going to be good with what you have? Yeah, I I completely agree. Um, and London just is the epitome of hustle culture, let's be real. I feel so grateful that I grew up in London. It's been such an experience, but it's the epitome of hustle culture. There's no way to get out of it. And more than that, there's grown people twice, three times our age who actually don't think there's any other way to live. And that's scary. Yeah. We sound so like la-di-da, like, you know, those people that like wake up and have wine at 12 o'clock. Like, but <laughs> that's, it seems like a way more joyful way to live. I'm going to really quickly reference Emily in Paris. I'm sorry to anyone with good taste in TV shows. But um, in that show, they talked about, obviously it's like a animated version. Everything's hyped up, a couple of stereotypes. But in general, they were kind of talking about the difference between American and French culture, where the Americans um, live to work and the French people work to live. And I think that is so interesting. And I think a similar... A similar like point of view is held in Madrid and those places where the point of life and living is to live and not like to work or to get to this or to get to that and I think both of us have had a really hard time ever understanding that and I still don't as like completely there is parts of me that's like I need to do this by this age I need to do this and this year um but it's not I don't think it's something to aspire to or to look up to when celebrities or all these people talk about how they wake up at five o'clock in the morning and they work, 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 and then they're always working. And no, oh. this is such a weird tangent. But isn't Mark Wahlberg? It gets up at two thirty in a.m. But like he's in bed by seven, and I'm like, surely you could have just got up at seven, like the rest of us. <laughs> no, um, yeah, it's just the power of having your eyes being opened to a completely different culture I thought the entire world was hustling the way that people in London are hustling and I think also this ties into one of the reasons why La Baia or The Barrier was my favorite one of my top three is um, this is seen in their work as well we're seeing the really interesting roles go to the people that have been in the industry for a long time paid their dues so we see more women in their 50s being the center of attention we saw women in their 60s 70s their 80s it's not this entire world of um sort of young people having their heyday and then sort of they get older eh so just seeing this world where I can wait and I can have everything I want, just not in my 20s, maybe, is so reassuring to me that um, there's other parts of the world that feel this way. And it's not like, wow, this person did this at 22, 23. It's like, no, this culture is telling you to calm down, to take, uh, like, this is the, Spain's the country of like a siesta, you know, <laughs> to calm down, to just slow down, to take a break and you will get there and you don't have to feel any less of a person because you got there later and when you look at your life maybe you'll see more than just sleepless nights and working and like it goes dark and you've been sitting at your desk all day you know yeah one wants to look back and only see that regardless of how big your house is you know i do want a big house <laughs> i want a big house too i want a pool i want a 
we want a pool. We want a pool. Okay, so Alice and I want a holiday home together. We want a pool, but we also want a lake. <laughs> Why are we just negating the whole, like, inspirational... We want a big house, but we don't need to get that house next year. You know, we can wait. We can I wait. wouldn't mind it next year, though, but... <laughs> We're transitioning out of hustle culture. It's okay if, like, <laughs> we still want some a few things. This is the thing, though, that's interesting to talk about. We're not so evolved to think to not want these things we still want all of these things if you said to me tomorrow i make this kind of salary you know i would give up what i enjoy doing just to make it but that's not the thing to aspire to you know i want all these nice things like everyone wants all those nice things but and a level of luxury that would just be enjoyable whatever but it's not the thing to aspire to be like it's something to work your way out of yeah unless um, give me money <laughs> me too um if anyone wants oh my gosh easy chat can you fund our trip oh my god what if blue hour turns into a traveling podcast what if people sponsor us i don't see it happening <laughs> i think um before we go on to sort of our last point I think we could talk briefly about learning Spanish and how Netflix actually made us learn Spanish. You want to start? Yeah, okay. It was my point. I should have thought that through a little bit longer. I can start. <laughs> yeah, you start. You start. So this is from my point of view and then Lola can goes into, go into hers. Her Spanish journey started a little bit earlier than mine. Um, so like i said she told me to watch all these shows i started watching them cable girls i just watched like any other viewer i watched it obviously with in spanish with english subtitles because i'm i have culture (laughs) i'm cultured sub Um, not dubbed (laughs) sub not dubbed but um yes i watched i watched that um i loved it it finished i put it away or the the season finished i put it away i didn't think much more of it um and it wasn't until well, I watched Elite in the same way. Really liked it. Um, Lola's already learning Spanish at this point. I think I really enjoyed it. Whatever, watch it like any other show. Um, and then I watched Velvet, and I don't know what it was about that show. I think it was so much more about character and conversation and relationships that the the dialogue was so not repetitive, but like familial also almost and i watched it in such it was so many seasons and i watched in such a short amount of time that i just slowly started to like understand things you know how all asians their parents like all non-indian um all non-indian asians have parents who like just know hindu because of watching all the bollywood movies my mum, my aunts can all uh understand any conversation from just watching and that's kind of what happened I was picking up on words and I was and I'm um unlike Lola not super prone to language I don't really I didn't do well in French in school or German I didn't care too much about it but Spanish it's just like I enjoyed it I was understanding it and that's what made me want to kind of um, pursue learning it how about you I just want to say that um Alice is actually the bilingual one here. <laughs> so Spanish oh, yeah. is her third language. Um, Spanish is my second language. So, I mean, 
Um, I also took French and German in school and I made a real, real effort to try and learn Japanese and just none of these were sticking for me. And I never realised why. And when it came to watching Spanish Netflix, I realised that I need to know for certain that this language is going to stay in my life. And I like the shows, I like the music, um, and I like some of the literature. Um, I think it's The Shadow in the Wind, the very, very popular Barcelona novel. I was like, okay, because I, I don't really care for German shows. I don't really care for French pop culture. And outside of anime, I wasn't really, I mean, I watched anime when I was like 13. I don't really watch it anymore, but um, I wasn't really invested in Japanese culture. It was having the accessibility. We of... just lost all the anime lovers. So thank you for that. Oh no, I still watch it, don't worry. <laughs> um, just like the movies, because I can't live TV shows anymore. <laughs> I watch too many in, in Spanish. <laughs> um, having the accessibility and knowing that I could keep this language in my life was so helpful. Um, and Alice likes to inflate how much earlier I started learning Spanish. We're the same level. Um, I just downloaded Duolingo a couple months before her. But oh, I also I went to Palma de Mallorca in Spain and I adored it. And I just really wanted to be able to communicate with them in Spanish. Also. As people from the UK, we are aware that our country does not make any effort to teach us any other language properly and that this is a real thing on, in mainland Europe that we just expect you guys to speak English. Yeah. So I think just us having like a European language as well, is just, it opens so many doors. Looking at a career it's in the so industry. Arrogant to not, to go to all these places and... We do that we all do that though because it's what we've been taught and what mm. we know genuinely we been taught that <laughs> yeah we just start speaking english and assume everyone like i remember in school everyone just say oh but english is like an international language essentially yeah because they learn it <laughs> i have um dutch cousins and um he was one of the youngest one was so young and he spoke incredible english and when i like would like where did you learn that just in school they have actual vigorous learning to properly teach you the language rather than the french lessons that we had that like essentially taught us the same thing every year from year four to year eight yeah and it was like one or two hours a week i can count when i chose german as my as one of my um we choose like courses at sort of when we're 16 15 16 when i chose it and we had more time to do german i was still getting only like three hours of german a week so like it just doesn't make any i learned how to say everything in my pencil case great i can tell you what a taschenregister is i can literally count to 10 and tell you the days of the week and that is <laughs> grandma's french and um in their kitchen they have a calendar yeah that's why I learned that from not even the lesson. Oh, that's uh, so funny. Yeah, and also to give you like an idea of how laxed it is, my, I, I don't know if you remember this, in high school our French and German teacher was the same woman. <laughs> yes, no, um, there was like an alumni event at my university and this guy was telling me that he teaches geography now. He'd graduated three years ago and that he teaches Spanish too, but he doesn't know Spanish. But as long as the kids don't catch on to that, they told him it's fine. He can keep on teaching it. <laughs> also, acknowledgement, England 
the other countries in the UK have their own languages that they're quite diligent about. So it's England. England's the main problem. <laughs> um, anyway, we like it here. <laughs> but if anyone wants to buy us a house in Madrid or a job, or, yeah, or one, job. You, Mexico, I'm not picky. I'll go anywhere. Listen, I'll go to Italy. We haven't even spoken about that place. And I'll go anywhere. Anywhere. Yeah, just get us out just get us out of the UK. Last week I we put in a clip of me and you being like Boris Johnson, like leave us alone. <laughs> Might have to do that again. Yeah. Um New Zealand's looking really appealing recently. They seem to have it together and not to like take other people's achievements, but wouldn't mind being a part of that, you know? <laughs> me either. Okay. Okay. Rewind, rewind, rewind. Sorry, guys. Let's read it back in. Um, um, last segment of the episode, I want to talk about, we've loved on Spanish TV. We love them. We love what they do. Everything, all those things. But let's talk about our gripes now. But this is a little issue we've been running into this last year, just this last year. All of our like top of the top Spanish shows that we're like waiting for for the next season with baiting breath, bated breath. Something seems to be happening <laughs> where I, characters are acting erratically, not like the character would. Um, people, how do you explain this, Lola? What we've been going through with these shows? It seems that we have a problem with showrunners perhaps not getting the time and space to breathe on mainstream Spanish TV that they're getting on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And this sort of running riot. Um, we didn't actually put a spoiler warning in, but spoiler. I guess I ju I'm just going to put one in at the beginning because God only knows. But um, <laughs> just characters dying and you're like, what? Or characters choosing a love interest and you're like what and it's I think there's something going on here where telenovelas soap operas are known for certain tropes and they're trying to subvert these tropes but also stick to these tropes and it's creating this weird dichotomy where the show is almost telling two different stories yeah. I could see why one pathway for a character makes complete sense and someone watching it in a different lens could be like what wait yeah. no why um and just in general i think um if you're a fan of money heist or if we've convinced you with our really passionate sort of rant about money heist that there's a documentary on it and you could see that some iconic scenes weren't written until the day before they were filmed which is just insane and what we have here I think is this freedom we were talking about of them just being able to be so creative and just behave like they're on some sort of like student project um sometimes going well and sometimes causing issues when it comes to longevity the longevity of the show or character development um so I'll tell you very specifically my gripes. There's a term that Lola and I have coined in our friendship called a yeehaw Michael. <laughs> so, um, oh, go on, you tell it. No, yeah. Um, so there's a show called Jane the Virgin. It's a US show. I'm gonna give you the, 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 
real quick TLDR, yeah. the real quick that it's developed from a i think a venezuelan show um and it's all about sort of introducing the tropes of telenovelas to an american audience in a light-hearted way there is a love triangle where one person is clearly the better option but because a trope is that there's true love you know true love never dies the other person ends up with jane so they bring back the perfect man in this the perfect man his name's michael they bring him back and completely change his personality he unappealing to the audience they turn him into like this country boy who like speaks with like a country accent um just to prove to the audience see they don't have chemistry they completely just removed his personality and that my friends is a yeehaw michael and anytime that happens in a show when the personality just does a quick like 180 when the writing isn't consistent we call it a yeehaw michael and you'll be hearing that term a lot so coin so remember it but essentially what happens is they make you feel idiotic they're like we've shown you this character you've seen him develop you've fallen in love with him um this is his character progression you learn what a character is like their ethics what they would and wouldn't do and then because they would like you to enjoy the ending that they've chosen they just do a whole 360 on his character and you're like no i watched the show for the high quality writing are you asleep like what's going on why <laughs> people girls does it <laughs> let's be real cable girls is the main gripe here yeah, okay. <laughs> i'm trying what? to think girls oh yeah. no one we haven't mentioned yet altamar high seas they do it but alice doesn't know about that yet so okay so um now this is the issue when a show comes out me specifically i watch it the second it comes out um i haven't watched the last season of cable girls despite the glowing review i just gave it i haven't watched altamar um, another show I love, Duh. Um, Lola hasn't watched three se- two seasons of Cable Girls, Lola didn't watch the ending of Jane the Virgin, um, I don't know what else you haven't watched, but yeah. <laughs> my, my point being is they take these shows that you expect a certain level of writing, a certain level of story- storytelling, you es- expect something from a character that you have grown to know um and they just go no <laughs> no um no in- heart emoji <laughs> just gonna say that. <laughs> in cable girl specifically really quick again if you've watched the show great you'll know what i'm talking about you hopefully agree with me otherwise you're wrong um and if you haven't seen it essentially there is clearly the person, there's a love triangle. There is clearly a person that she should be with. Clearly. And she even is with him and has a whole child with him. And because the other bo- the other guy is the person she was originally with, which in Spanish shows, like you said, there has been kind of a pattern of the first love, the, the first like true love fate and all this, all this stuff that... In this latest episode, they just did a no, <laughs> and they just completely 
dismantled their entire relationship, his entire character. It's one thing if you're going to make a relationship go up in flames, but completely being inconsistent with a person's, with a character's, like, story, it's just like, it's not, it's not nice, you know? And they killed him. <laughs> they yeah, no, I have, I have nothing else to add. Um, <laughs> um, I think another, do I have any other gripes of like Spanish shows? Um, no, that's the main one. There's a, there's a lot of inconsistencies. Um, my yeah, main I thing. Don't, I don't know how best to expect this, but it's just, it's just so deflating when you expect something from characters, from the, the storytelling and they just go, no, this is the narrative we've, decided on last minute and so all the characters you know are going to do incredibly out of character things and it's very annoying and it's called yeehaw michaeling yes i think that's a good end point <laughs> sorry this episode was a bit of a well ramble which is what it is um these kind of episodes are going to be all over the place we're just discussing things we love or we hate um so i hope you get down they will be a little bit more refined as we get the hang of podcasting and everything but stay tuned yes my final word i guess is that um i'm so grateful to be opened up to new cultures through the medium of netflix herself and if literally if even one of you guys messages us and tells us that you started a new show because of this my heart will actually melt it'll melt i'll be on the floor i'll be crying so do that new shows and all this stuff it's literally in my blood now like i have clients messaging me like i watched that show you were talking about <laughs> and I'm like, oh my god okay yeah okay so um Peace out. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> okay, great. Next Tuesday, we will be back with another book to film analysis, all about the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe. It's Nani a week, and I feel like I've been waiting for this my entire life. <laughs> If you enjoyed this episode of the Blue Roll Podcast, please consider supporting us on social media. We're on Instagram at the Blue Hour Podcast and on Twitter at the Blue Hour Pod. If you found our second episode promising, please leave us a five-star review. It would mean the world. We put a lot of time into the podcast and we'd love to be able to grow an audience and engage with people so if you follow if you message us anything like that it really does mean a lot to us there's also some other links including my weekly mailing list called the good idea and you can also buy us a coffee if you'd like <laughs> as always stay safe and we'll see each other again soon